0: Well, I'm going to speak to you tonight out of Psalms chapter 27. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I highly recommend that all of you get in there and and study this one for a while. I promise you it will feed you. And since I don't have a, a specific verse I want to target, we'll just read the whole thing. It's not that long. Y'all have time for that? Let's go to the Lord in prayer before I begin. Father, I just come to You right now, Lord. And Lord, You see me standing here. You know there ain't nothing special about me. Lord, I don't have anything to offer anybody without You working in me. So God, right now I just submit myself to You. The Word says, if I submit myself to You and resist the devil, he will flee. So Lord, I stand on that Word right now. I believe that that there are principalities and powers that would love to see things just be stale and stagnant. But God, I know I serve a God that's greater than that, and I believe with everything that's in me that You have something for these people tonight. So God, I ask that You help me get myself out of the way and that the Holy Ghost would come and begin to minister... To those that are here tonight, through Your Word, in Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Psalms chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though in host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, And to inquire in his temple. Isn't it wonderful to know that we can come to the Lord and inquire? Ask him, you know, for whatever, whatever it is, we can ask him about something, we can ask him for something, whatever we can come to the God of all creation. And he He listens to us. And that's amazing. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. We need to be hid in His Word. Now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in His tabernacle the sacrifice of joy, sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Y'all he's still telling you that today. He's still crying out to to those, even those that are his people. Seek my face. Seek after me. We need to have the heart of David here. David didn't sit around and ponder the, the uh, things of God when he tells him, seek my face. No, he, he obeyed. He said, I'm, I'm going to seek your face. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. How many times have y'all felt like you've done something so bad that God has surely got to turn His back on you? I didn't see many hands. Now, y'all know better than that. There's times that I've done things, man, I just, God, surely you're going to turn your back on me on this one. I just don't see no way. Does he withdraw from me? Yeah, because he won't have no part of it. But when I repent, man, he comes running. Here I am. As soon as I turn, see, see. There's times I've hurt people, and I'll ask for forgiveness, and it may take a while. It may be years before they ever get over what I did. Doesn't matter if I said I was sorry. It doesn't matter if I say, Will you forgive me? They gotta take time to heal. But God don't. You go to God and you say, God, forgive me where I failed you. There he is. He's ready. He's ready. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted. Y'all listen now. I had fainted. You might as well say, I would have fainted. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Those last two verses is really where I want to focus. He said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I look around sometimes and I look at this world and the state it's in. And I look at the church and the state the church is in today. It just leaves you speechless sometimes. You wonder how in the world did it get to this? How did we come so far away from God? And you know, if it wasn't for what God's Word says... And for what I know to be true about the end times, you might just want to throw up your hands and say, forget it. It's not worth it. But That's what David said. He said, if I hadn't have believed that I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have just fainted. I would have gave up. But he didn't. Neither will we. We're going to stand firm on the Word of God. This is why, see, I read this Word to you tonight. This, to me, Psalms 27 is a perfect example of why you need to know the Word of God. You don't know how many countless times I went back and read that, that, that Scripture and I had the first three or four verses memorized. You don't know how many times I've repeated that to myself encouraging myself, building myself up on my most holy faith, like it says over in Jude, that encouraging myself in the promises and the Word of God. You see, David looked around and all he saw was enemies. He saw people that were not only directly his enemies in war, but people that should have been on his side that were rising up against him. He looked around and saw all that and, you know, he was—he probably felt pretty alone. Not knowing who he could trust. But he knew he could turn to God. You look back at those first verses there. He's reminding himself who his God is. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Y'all need to remind yourself of that. Remind yourself who you serve. See, it's not just about you and the battles you face. It's about who you're fighting with and for. When you have God on your side, it doesn't matter what you encounter. Because God is the one, like I told you this morning, God is the one that sends you into battle. And because He sends you, He's going to provide the way. He's going to open the doors that need to be opened. He's going to give you the resources you need. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter how strong the enemy looks in the in in the the uh, battle that you're in it doesn't matter how strong they appear because God is greater God is greater than all of that and when he's on your side listen you don't have to doubt you don't have to wonder and fear you don't have to look around you be encouraged in the word of God and know that he's on your side that he is the one that's strengthening you <clears throat> Verse 9, he said, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. You see, David understood something about repentance. Was David perfect? No, man. Far from it. He, he, he'd done some things that were just horrendous, especially in the sight of the world. Terrible things. But he also understood repentance. He understood what it meant to not only turn back away from those sins, turn to God and ask for repentance, but he also knew who it was he served. He had faith and confidence in God. You see, sometimes we, we forget who it is that's providing the remission of sins. Sometimes we forget what He's capable of. And we get bound up in that sin and we begin to think, man, there ain't no way I'll ever get back to where I was headed. I might be okay, but I'll never get back there again. Man, we couldn't be more wrong. Uh, man, see, God, God loves to do wonderful things. He loves to do great exploits. He loves to take somebody that at one time wanted to serve God and they kind of lost their way. He loves to bring them and just, whoo, he'll promote them when they turn back to God. See, I don't know what state you're in right now. I don't know anything about what you're going through. But I know one thing. When you submit yourself to God, what's it mean to Submit. It means just give it over to Him. Give Him control. Surrender. Utter, total surrender. You submit yourself to God. David prayed, Restore unto me the joy of, my, of, of thy salvation. Y'all remember what it was like when you were saved? You remember how it felt the first time when that sin was washed away? Do you remember maybe you've come to a point in your life when when you kind of got far away from God and then you came back to Him? Remember what it felt like, Brother Tim, when you was washed clean again? You need to pray like David. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. If you can't understand those words, let's put it in different terms. God, give me back the joy I had when I was saved first. You know what's worse than the people of the world? A worldly Christian. You know what's worse than somebody in the world that don't have any joy? A Christian that don't have any joy. You've got no excuse. No excuse. Do I, do I claim that I've never been there? Oh, I've been there. Listen, I've been there. But I don't have an excuse. If I don't have joy, it's because I allowed myself to not have joy. Because I haven't looked at the the truth that's around me. See, God is truth. His Word is truth. And when you begin to examine your life, and you're not comparing it to the Word of God, but you're comparing it to how you feel about the situation, you're not comparing it to truth. See, God's Word will tell you, None of that stuff matters because I'm on your side. God's Word will tell you that, yeah, it may seem like you're in a dire circumstance, but I am the great provider. God's Word tells you you may be sick in your body, the world will tell you that, but God's Word tells you that He is the great physician. See we examine ourselves sometimes based on what the world thinks about things and how our emotions what our emotions tell us about things. That ain't the word of God though. And that's where we need to turn. We need to get in the word of God and plant it deep in our hearts. And David said there in verse uh, 4 One thing, have I desired of the Lord? That will I seek after. I've preached this, uh, this particular verse a few times to this church. I'm here to tell y'all, ain't nothing changed. Find something you desire of God and just dig in, man. Go until you get it. Dig in and seek after God. David said that that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Does that mean David wanted to live in the church? No. See, you ain't got to live in the church to dwell in the house of the Lord. See, sometimes we try to take that stuff too literal, okay? There's a lot of literal stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. You don't have to be in the temple or in the church to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want God going with me everywhere I go. Right? I take Him with me. There's times I'll get off after by myself and forget I should have brought God with me. And I can call on Him and phew, there He is. I don't have to go back and pick Him up. God wants man. He wants that kind of relationship with us. You see, this is David pouring his heart out. But man, this is just a mirror image of what God wants to do in you. See, David was just crying out from his heart. And I'm going to tell you, there'll come a time, sometimes, when you get close enough to God, you begin to seek after, and you begin to pray, and and just labor in prayer, and you'll begin to cry out and pray some things you didn't know you needed to. And David was just pouring it out, man. He said, God, one thing I want more than anything is to dwell in Your house and to inquire in Your temple. Man, that's the kind of relationship we need to be able to just go to God with anything and say, God, what about this? He don't get tired of hearing your questions. I get sick and tired of my kids asking me questions sometimes. I'll finally just tell them, go. Just go. I don't care where. Go somewhere. Not here. And they, they understand now. It's time to go on and leave Daddy alone. At some point, you just get fed up. But God don't get fed up. You know when God gets fed up? God gets fed up when you keep asking Him the same thing and He's already answered you. He finally will tell you like He told David in another place, get up and quit praying and go do what I told you to do. Moses was backed up against the Red Sea and he wanted to go and pray. God said, Moses, what are you praying for? I've already told you to move forward. I'm sure Moses was trying to reason in his mind, you know, come, let us reason together. He was trying to figure this out. Okay, God, I understand you want me to go forward, but do you see what I see? Sometimes we kind of forget about what it was like to be there, don't we? We want to kind of give these guys a hard time. but So what did Moses do? He moved forward. He got up off his knees, quit praying. And move forward. We find ourselves having pity parties sometimes. And, oh God, don't you see what I'm going through, God? You can hear a little bit of that in David's voice here as he's praying. Oh God, don't turn your back on me. Do you hear me, God? God. God's sitting there. Yeah, I hear you. He's telling you that tonight. Now, I don't. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I know there's somebody here that you've been thinking: Is God? Does God really hear me? Maybe there was a time when you knew He did, and now you kind of feel like maybe He turned your back. His back on you. He didn't turn his back on you. You may turn your back on Him. He don't turn his back on you. He'll always come back to you as soon as you just repent. Turn away from your sins. See, in Romans chapter 8, it says to mortify the deeds of the bodies. That means put them to death. Get rid of them. Turn away from that sin and turn to God. And he washes them away. Forgets about them. We talked about Sunday school this morning the difference in remission of sins and justification. There's a big difference. Like I said, I do Brother Tim wrong, I say, man, I'm sorry. That don't mean he's going to forget about it. In fact, what does he usually do for most of us? It makes us more cautious, don't it? Uh Uh-huh. Now I remember that. I'm going to keep my eye on you, buddy. Right? Y'all, don't look at me like that. You know, you think the same thing. Somebody does you wrong and you, okay yeah I forgive you. But I'm going to keep an eye on you next time. Now I know better. Right? We learn our lessons. That old saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. We take that to heart and we say no, you ain't going to fool me again. I'm going to watch you. God don't do that. See when when you when God forgives you and washes you clean, it's forgotten. And then you'll go back to God. You'll say, God, forgive me, God. He's like, what are you talking about? I don't understand why you're praying. I don't remember that sin that you keep asking me to forgive you of. And you're sitting there spinning your wheels, dwelling in sin. And you know, David had a tendency to do that sometimes. David had a tendency to find himself in sin, ask for forgiveness, Just kind of, thank God for us, we have a lot of scripture for that. We have a lot of scripture from what he went through, but he would sit there and spin his wheels in sin that had already been forgiven. So, where do you find yourself tonight? Well, verse 14 is where we need to stay. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? What does it mean to wait on anybody? Have you ever had to go meet somebody to pick up something or whatever? And you, you sit there and you wait, right? What does it mean to wait? It means I'm gonna sit here till they get here, right? So how is that any different with God? Some of y'all don't like to wait very long. Some of y'all get impatient and say, God, you ain't showed up yet. You know what time is getting to be? How long do you wait before you say, Fine, I'm just going home. You know what it depends on? It depends on how bad you want what they have. I guarantee you if I call Brandon and said, Brandon, meet me in Crockett, I got a five hundred dollar check for you. I'll be there just as soon as I can. You know how long Brandon would sit there and wait? He'd wait a long time. He'd wait till I got there with some money. Now, Brandon may be calling me and say, hey, Kevin, are you coming? I've been sitting here for about five hours. He may call me. Yeah, Brandon, I'll be there in just a minute. He'll call me back. Man, look, it's been all day now. Are you coming? I guarantee you he'd wait. Look, God's got more to offer than $500. God's got more to offer than than where you are right now. I don't care where you are. You may be at the top of where you've ever been in your entire life. God's got more to offer. So how long are you willing to wait for that? I'm here to tell you all tonight, my body can't wait long enough. Sometimes I just I give up. I'm tired. And I get tired of waiting, right? Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, body, <laughs> you're gonna to have to wait. See that—that's the difference in in uh, having a strong spiritual man and having a strong flesh. It's the difference. I guarantee you, it's the difference. Why did David repeat it? Wait on the Lord. Wasn't that enough? Then at the end, he says, wait, I say, on the Lord. He's trying to stress something to you. He's trying to show you that there is a reason to wait on God. Sometimes you have to wait on Him. I don't know why. Some people say, well, He's trying to test you to see just how long... Don't He already know that? I don't know. Maybe He's trying to prove something to you. That He don't come at your beck and call just because... It's in his time. That's right. Sometimes he's trying to get your flesh to submit. See when the Bible says submit yourself to God, it don't just mean your spirit, it means everything.